This is Aaron Levine, LG Insurance. We're actually on site today with Dan Rivkeys from Advanced Hospitality Systems. And we're down in their office in Voorhees, New Jersey, the Philly Metro area. I guess we're Philly Metro, right? Yeah, is that correct. what they call it? Um, and the reason I'm here today on site, I brought camera, I brought light, I brought microphone. Dan brought the toys. If you can see behind me, they call that thing peanut. I don't know if I say thing, if it's going to get mad at me or not, but that's a robot that's going to come visit us in a little bit. Now, Dan, you're second generation in this business, right? You said your, your father started Advanced Hospitality Systems and you work with mostly restaurants, right? Correct. So um, my father's John. He started Advanced Hospitality Systems in 1990. Okay. So we've been in business for 32 years now. Nice. And we've had the privilege and opportunity to work with, you know, small business owners and large multi-unit operations too. So we work with everybody from La Bernardine in New York City, number one restaurant in the entire country, all the way to local pizza restaurants here in our area and Iron Hill Brewery, PJ Willihan's, and predominantly to Tommy's Tavern and Tap. Can't forget, can't forget Tommy's because that's how Dan and I connected um, at the new Tommy's location in Edison, New Jersey. When that opened up, Dan and I connected and started started talking. And uh, he wanted me to come down and, and see some technology. So I appreciate you, you having me down here. So when did you join the company? So I was, after college in 2016, I was interviewing for a couple of different companies. Right. And I was also, I went to college originally to work on political campaigns. Oh. Uh, 2016 came by and I said, whoever you're supporting, I don't want to be in this uh, crazy election. Right. So I decided to start working for um, our company in 2016. That's awesome. And I've previously been something called a cold call marketer, okay. going door to door to every single restaurant in the state of New Jersey okay. in 2014. Right. And then in 2015, I actually went ahead and um, I did the exact same job as a cold call marketer in Pittsburgh and Western Pennsylvania. Okay. So I had some experience coming into the job and some expectations, but if you're working with restaurants and you're working with technology, sometimes uh, nothing can prepare you. Right. So uh, I've been with us since 2016. Since then, okay. I was a territory manager. I managed central and northern New Jersey for us. Right. And since then, I've taken on the job of being our marketing manager, okay. managing our websites, Google Ads campaigns, all nice. of our ad work, email campaigns, okay. and starting a few new uh, channels for our company as well. So COVID was a big change for the hospitality business, right? Correct. Technology was there with the handheld technology, some of the new POS technology, the digital ordering, the takeout that people had to adapt to, mm -hmm. right? So you have been pivotal in helping a lot of these restaurants get up to speed with stuff that was there, but maybe nobody wanted to spend the extra money on it. It might have been sitting on the sideline, right, for a little bit. So, but now everybody's adapted. Like, COVID was the rebirth of the QR code. QR codes were dead, and <laughs> I talk about that with our CFO Doug here all the time. You know, yes. now it's now it's you're like, oh, you see a QR code, you scan your phone over it. You don't even need to download an app for it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you get your menu now. That's how you know you need to take an action. But pre-COVID, they were just dying. Nobody wanted to, you know, they, they didn't yeah. didn't adopt the right way until it was forced adoption. Same thing with some of the technology that you're putting in. So what are some of the major brands that you represent, you know, to help restaurants get their technology to enhance that consumer experience? 
Sure. So we are a, our wheelhouse is Aloha from okay. NCR. Aloha is the most popularly and widely used product in the entire industry. Mm -hmm. um, believe it or not, it's estimated around like 80%, so four wow. out of five waiters and waitresses have used Aloha before, so it actually cuts down on training costs when right. they come into your business, right? So some of the new technologies that really have happened, like you said very well during COVID, have been especially contactless dining, and mm -hmm. that includes contactless ordering and mobile payments. Right. Um, online ordering has been huge during the past two years uh, to an unprecedented, <laughs> unprecedented amount. You can get a little bit into that. Sure. And then also the tablets and handhelds too, in order to have a speed, of, uh, faster speed of service right. and a contactless experience with the customer too. And you know what? We're all we're all guilty, but at the same time, when I'm ordering on my phone, right, I know what I'm getting. I'm ordering it correctly. I'm not relying on human error to mess my order. Yes. Even when I'm ordering a pizza, I'm going to slice my slice app, paying the 99 cent fee to get that order through, just because I can order exactly what I want. I can hand my phone to the next person to order what they want, instead of trying to call in and something gets screwed up. So. I love taking that human element. I love the human element, but I like taking the human element out whenever we can, yeah. especially if we're trying to create and be more accurate. And another way to think about it too is that if I'm using, so let's say we're using our contactless dine-in feature, right? A really important concept of that is if you think about it when you go to Wawa, right? Mm -hmm. You go up to a kiosk to make your sandwich. right? And when you're doing that, uh, you have a higher likelihood of upselling yourself <laughs> compared okay. to somebody coming up and asking, what do you want on your sandwich? Right. When you have the time to think, oh yeah, I will pay this 50 cents more for right. extra bacon on my sandwich, you're actually increasing the amount of revenue coming into your business. Okay. So custom I'm guilty. I always get the extra bacon. <laughs> I, I will do it too. <laughs> so, um, so you're actually increasing the amount of revenue a customer is able to do during okay. this automated um, ordering process right. that the customer is doing on their end. Uh, and your staff is now also, since they're not taking the orders, like Jenny is in, like running over to table five, eight, right. and ten, are all taking forever. Sure. She's now free to go to the tables that really need customer service and attention, right. which results in a higher tip for them. On top of that, um, if you are able to speed up the ordering process, right. we can speed up how many tables we're able to serve. Okay. A customer like does their entire ordering instead of a waiter going from point A, B, C. Uh, from uh, you know the table that they ordered at right. to the point of sale terminal right. to another table then back If we cut out those steps and we were able to serve two more tables per hour sure. during like busy hours We're able to serve more and more tables right. and have a higher table turnover And that could be tens of thousands of dollars of revenue back into a restaurant, right? Yeah, it makes sense I was out you know my wife and I were out to dinner last week on a to a very high-end restaurant near us not to be named um, you know, it took seven minutes to get water on the table. Exactly. Right? You gotta so, hydrate. So at that point, I'm already annoyed, right? Because yeah. we haven't gotten our water. They haven't taken our cocktail order. We're just sitting there, mm -hmm. right? Within 90 seconds, I want a server to come over and greet us and at least fill our glasses with water so we know that it's there. You know, maybe that's an old school mentality. But if there was additional technology that they could use, well, guess what? 
the staff, the human staff, the human labor would be freed up to handle those consumer facing, customer related tasks of building that rapport and relationship. I don't mind ordering on an app, you know, as long as you make it, you know, an easy experience. Even yes. you go to you go to Ruth Chris now, they give you the wine list is on an iPad. Correct. They also right? do that at Morton's and I think McCormick and Schmicks too. You know, so things that have that can change constantly using that technology makes it easier. And it's easier for me to scroll and figure out where I want to be in this book because they have very large books when it comes to their wine list. But, you know, adapting to some of these things are, are more and more important. Like going to Newark Airport, you have to order in a kiosk. Well, you sit in a chair and there's an individual kiosk in there that's full of advertising. That's a different experience. But yeah. it's the same thing. You're going to order what you want. Then the expediter is going to bring it out to you, and then you're you're done, right? So they they want to turn that over quickly. There's got to be a balance for fast, casual, you know, fine dining to use technology to bring that in, and you know that's where that's where you come into play. Yeah, precisely. And then you know that's just the beginning of the order process. We right. haven't even gotten to. Now I want to check out and I just want to get this over with and get out of here, right? Get out of here. If I'm on a date, like I want to get them to like the next place we're going to sure. and like keep that person's interest. Right. Or if you have like a parent that's just like, where's where's the dang waiter at? Like, <laughs> hurry up. Um, Guilty with my kids. So when I have the kids, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to get out of here. Like, don't make me walk to the front and ask for my check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when we do a checkout now, uh, contactless payments is really important as well. Okay. That blew up during COVID too because less people mm -hmm. wanted to do cash hand-to-hand uh, -hand transactions right. or take a credit card. Um, so what we're able to offer now is uh, we can go ahead, complete the transaction on your phone. Sure. Uh, we scan a QR code at the bottom of the, or we print a QR code on the bottom of the receipt. And from there, the customer is then obviously prompted, scan the QR code or you can right. go on the browser on your phone, enter this information on the bottom of the receipt, and then be able to complete right. the transaction. So from there, now we're taking the entire, where the heck has my credit card been? It's been like, this. The, is the waiter using it to buy clothes on Amazon? <laughs> so, I mean, that's another thing too. We're it's able to make issue, right? Yeah, we're able to make it a more safe and secure environment. We're not having the credit card or payment, uh, payment option leave that person's hands right. and it just wandering somewhere with some random stranger, right. like Cindy, who you've never even met. She's been really nice to you, but now she's committing credit card theft, sure. right? So we're eliminating that possibility. Mm -hmm. We're making it a faster speed of service for the customer. Right. Uh, they're able to do an auto, like a suggested tip amount on there too. Right. So if you aren't good at math uh, and you don't want to be embarrassed in front of the people at the table, we'll take care of it for you. And um, I mean that's important. Yeah. No offense, but most people don't know how to do tip math anymore. It blows. It blows my mind. Right. You know, I know. I yeah. It, 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 most people don't. So when when the receipt has the 15, 18, 20, and 22 percent on there, it makes it very easy, or 18, 20, 22, 25 now, you know, it makes it easy to do that, but if it's already built into the system and you can just be done with it, it's fantastic. Like the Correct. QR code on the receipt is fine, but I also don't want to look for my server to ask them for, to check out. Yeah. You know, if there's got to be a way to step that up, you know, to be able to log in, like here, scan this QR code, it takes us to the restaurant, your table number is this, you can pay whenever you want and walk out the door and, yeah. and be done with it would be even better because mm -hmm. then it's going to turn the table over even quicker Correct. and free the server up unless they, you know, they should come and, you know, give their final 
farewell or, or what have you, but... Yeah, precisely. No, it's, um, it's a great technology. It exploded during COVID, and it's still just been... It's a forced adapter. Right. Not that many restaurants were doing it before. Sure. We had a very few orders for it. And over the past two years, it's obviously not the case. Right. And it's one of the most widely um, used add-ons for our point-of-sale customers okay. to be using, too. Okay. So, like, even when you go to McDonald's now or to any of the, the fast food restaurants, they are all app-based. They want you to use the app prior to even going into the drive-thru to place your order. You give a code. You, it charges your credit card automatically, and you just pull the pickup. Right? They're pushing you towards that. Is that coming into the, the sit-down restaurant space? So yeah, it is. So with Aloha and NCR, app development can be very, very expensive. It can be like right. $50,000 or more for a great app. With NCR, they have a more affordable app building um, option and then process as well. Right. And a customer, one of our customers, or a couple of our customers, they do use this option and the customer is able to go in on our end, right? right. If we're going in as a guest, um, I can go in, download the restaurant's app, right. and then do the entire ordering and payment process from a customized app right on their phone. Right. And you can also measure all the metrics for how many, pe many people are going through and using it, right? And it's important for restaurants to start using their own app yeah. and their own online ordering uh, we do appreciate working with the third-party delivery companies, okay. but if you read a lot of articles, you'll see that a lot of restaurants do not make as much money, unfortunately, right. when using these services. Uh, when you use DoorDash or Uber Eats, you might be getting an additional service fee that you're paying on there. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, as aggravating that, as that might be for us, we're paying for the convenience of it. The restaurant is really then paying a huge amount of money right. Uh, it's being taken from that transaction right. and then put to the third-party delivery service, which they're losing on every or losing on a majority of the time. Which they're losing on. I'm going to take yeah. it to a different spin, though, on the insurance side of things for sure. an independent restaurant to set up appropriately to have a delivery service of their own is a is a non-starter. Yeah, it's right. True there, so too. for a restaurant to say, okay, I'm going to start doing delivery. To do it the correct way, mm -hmm. the restaurant the restaurant has to buy a vehicle. Correct. Big expense. Even if you buy a cheap car, okay, $20,000. Then you have to hire people, check their driving records, make sure they're acceptable to drive. People that are driving for delivery, you know, for delivery tips are probably not the people you want driving for you every day in your own vehicle. Yeah, in, in, <laughs> the, in the state of New Jersey right now, I know that we have... Um, there's regulations too on being able to hire drivers and being able to check some of their background and not right. seeing if they have, you know, potential issues in their past that might impede them in driving right. until after you hire them. Right. So that's something to consider. Most too. pizzerias hire anybody and everybody, not realizing that they're going to be on the hook when an accident happens. So major insurance issues with delivery. So when I, if somebody were to ask me what it's going to cost them to set up delivery, I'm like, you got to buy a car. Your insurance for that vehicle is going to cost you six thousand dollars a year because it's a delivery vehicle. Yeah. You know, once you add up the expenses of that, you know, you're going to be at twenty thousand dollars plus a year because you're going to pay workers' comp on that delivery driver as well. You know, it makes the third-party delivery apps not so pain painful. Yeah. Even a, though they are, you know, but it's keep those apps are good to keep the kitchen busy to keep food turning over and 
feeding your customers that might not feel like coming in today or picking up, you know, and I'm guilty, I do it all the time. And I pay the extra fees, you know, I just ordered for my kids the other day, it was like $75 for the three of us for dinner. Oof. You know, but 15 of that was fees for, for Uber Eats. Like they're whacking us too, plus whacking the restaurant. There is a balance where it makes sense because yeah. we want to pay for pay for convenience, right? But I advise restaurants all the time not to set up their own delivery systems because, you know, I don't want to get the phone call when, when shit hits the fan or something bad happens because there's a coverage gap or there's an issue with a yeah. driver or somebody. You hire somebody that's not supposed to be qualified because they have a bad driving record or DUI or some other issues, which happens, you know, on a regular basis with businesses that offer delivery. So I shy away from it. Use those third parties if you really need to get that extra food out. <laughs> yeah, and so if you do use the third party services, um, it's important that, so it's important to have your own online ordering. Right. But um, we are able now to work with a third party company uh, it's called it's a checkmate. We okay. are able to integrate those third-party services nice. into our online ordering platforms for cool. point-of-sale products. So if you don't want to have like 20 tablets sitting out, looking <laughs> like a disaster up front, so with constant like ping, 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 ping. Right. If you want to integrate that all into one system, we do have a way to make your station look less messy nice. and then having all the sales push through your own online ordering and making okay. it a simplified and automated process there that's too. great so yeah i guess build on what you're saying we have a way to work with that seeing well. some some front of house areas you know that do a lot of those third-party pickup and delivery that there's tablets there's tablets everywhere it's a disaster <laughs> it looks so rough and then yeah. you have to manage it you forget to turn one on you forget to turn one off who do you want to work you know sometimes you don't want them yeah. firing because you're busy, you turn them off, you know, you gotta turn everybody off. It's or big, big or like even off. worse, like you are focusing on the tablets instead of a customer in front right. of you. And it's like, uh, I still want some human service here. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. So yeah, that's another so way. So we're talking about great, you know, human interaction and great customer service, but at the same time, you have a robot sitting behind me. Yes. And before we turned the camera on, we talked about automating the front of the house. Right, that's one thing that you're working on. It's, I would call it one of your passion projects in this business is to automate the front of the house. Yes. Right. So tell me a little bit more about that. So it is. It's used at a very, very small minority of restaurants in the United States. Right. If you go to Asia, it is a completely different story, and um, we some people that got into liking robotics they took it a step further into fully automating the front of house for the restaurant. You will still always need managers. You right. still always need kitchen staff that are high quality. And you need people that are behind the scenes in order to make it a clean restaurant that's sure. good to eat at. So the I mean, if we could get the cleaning robot, I think it'd be game over. I mean, that, you know. <laughs> I have, I, he's not here, but I have a disinfectant robot. Different conversation for, um, it's called the M2 from Keenan. Um, okay. It's for hospitals and everything else. Neat. Crazier conversation. But for restaurants, I kind of want people to think about it like this. You as a customer walk into a business, you do the fully automated, you do the contactless ordering when you sit down. Right. You scan a QR code or you have the app for that restaurant. And you scan the QR code, you place your order. That order is then shot over to the kitchen. 
Uh, when, and then in the kitchen or near the kitchen, you have, instead of just a food expediter, you also have a robot expediter too. And when the, when the kitchen is shot over with the receipt, and says like we want two waters and one coke. Right. The person back there that is basically the robot expediter or somebody working in the kitchen then puts the drinks onto the trays of the robot. Right. We then press table number one right. and the robot will then go to table number one. That's awesome. It brings over the it brings over the drinks and then our robot peanut over there, it then prompts the customer, can you please uh, tell me to go to the next step? They press a button and it either, if it's programmed to, goes to the next table, okay. or it goes back to its what we call an origin point, a right. starting point, which is going to be near or, if possible, in the kitchen. Okay. So now the food is ready. Uh, and we have a general so's chicken, we have a, you know, uh, chicken teriyaki and then a couple of soups in there too. Right. We then take those items and do the exact same process and the robot expediter puts the items onto the trays. Right. Same process. Brings it over right. and then once the order is, once the food is taken off, press return and it goes back to the origin point. Okay. And we can have uh, numerous of these robots all working at the exact same time in the exact same space too. Awesome. And then once you are done with your order, you can go ahead and do all the payment on your phone. Right. And that's it. Uh, you'll still <laughs> have... a button on the table to say, you know, send robot to clear the table? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people want next. That's what they want next, right? But um, essentially what we want to do here, you'll always have people somewhere in the front of the house. Sure. You need to have some uh, human experience and interaction. But we are essentially automating the front of house. Um, during COVID, it was the worst time for hospitality. A lot of restaurants had to close or shed employees. Right. And since then, um, in 2022, or towards the end of last year, uh, we thought, well, now 100%, uh, the jobs are going to start coming back to restaurants. Mm -hmm. And we've gone through December, January, February, and now we're in May. And you'll see it online in news articles. You'll see it on popular uh, TV stations like right. Bloomberg or CNBC or Fox Business. The jobs are simply not coming back to restaurants. Sure. And it's not because um, restaurants aren't trying to hire people. They are. But the jobs are not, people aren't coming back to fill those positions. We see, we see it in all ends. You know, it's not just the restaurants. I see yeah. it in my space on the insurance side of things you know, hiring and, and retaining people in general right now yes. is harder than ever. Yes. And I'm not sure what or why or how it is, but um, we get a lot of resumes for job opportunities, but we see a lot of people going from place to place very quickly, faster than ever before. Yes. Um, you know, it's very unstable out there. So, but yeah. again, I use virtual employees, remote employees. Um, I have three remote employees that are in the Philippines. You know, I have seven people here in the U.S., but I've relied on additional staff from offshore, and it took me a while to adapt to that because I was always, you know, I'm a local business. I want to be a local business. I want to hire within the community, but it gets to a point where you need to rely on technology and you need to rely on other opportunities to get work done. Yes. And we send a lot of work that's data-related to our offshore team. 
so that we can focus on being face to face with our customers. So I'm not, you know, we're not stuck doing a lot of the data management work. We're stuck doing, not stuck, that's the wrong way to say it, but interacting, you know, with our clients, customers, um, and people that need our advice and, and want to work with us. So I, I see it all the time, and I think it's more important to bring technology and blend it properly, yeah. you know, is, is going to be the key. Yeah, blending it properly is the correct way to do it. Um, this, you know, using robots is not the best for every single restaurant concept. If you are a super busy nightclub, a super busy bar, <laughs> with a bunch of drunk people hammered on Jägermeister and Red Bull, this is not going to be the fit for you because it's people are going to be, you know... I can only imagine my martini being delivered by Peanut and uh, everybody wanting to take a selfie with the robot. Yeah, everybody, uh, you know, bumping into the robot. Right. And another thing too is that if we do have sensors on the robot with LiDAR, sonar, right. and a few I mean, other components okay. in order to make sure it doesn't run people over. Right. It's one of the most common questions, like what happens if it bumps into somebody? It stops. There's also an emergency stop button on the back. But as you can tell, if you look down on it, it's not like it's up on like 50 inch wheels. Sure. It's not a monster truck. Nobody can be <laughs> rolled right. under the robot. But um, it's able to stop, it's able to see people in front of it. If it's a super busy restaurant environment or a super busy bar environment where people are going to constantly be in aisleways, right. it's not always the best fit. But for restaurants that have open and wide aisleways in between it, mm -hmm. if you are looking to speed up the service, potentially even take those front of house staff and put them into your back of house in the kitchen sure. in order to increase the amount of food going out to your customers uh, putting another person behind the bar and increasing the amount of drinks that you're able to sell all at a time increasing speed of service is the number one name of the game in the restaurant industry no right. matter what technology right. and this is the perfect fit to help take the human components of your business put that labor towards pieces that need to be manually done right. such as food or as such as food making drink making to, um, uh, speaking with customers at the front desk if you need right. to. We also do have a hostess robot as well. It's also <laughs> named Peanut. I can send you a picture of it. Or if you check out our uh, website at yeah. ahsrobot.com, awesome. uh, there's an example of that. But we do have a hostess robot too. Right. But somewhere in your business, you will always have human components right. to it, especially for hospitality. But at the same time, once again, there are parts of the industry that are not having employees or workers returning and there's a gap for us to help restaurants fill those service needs which mm -hmm. makes you as the customer happy because right. you get your food faster and then um, our robot uh, sounds sounds like it's a controversial way of putting it but you know um, it can help decrease the amount of theft that you could have in a restaurant too okay. um, you because a robot will not steal from you it doesn't have arms <laughs> Um, but so you increase and it's going to show up for work yes. on time yes. as long as it's charged yes. but I mean when I walked in the door I don't know if Peanut can, can drive away right now on us while we're sitting here but yeah. you know it said low battery and went to its charger automatically I yes mean, so it, it has know. 12 hours of like 12 to 15 hours of battery life it uh, does have a couple of different ways to charge. It does have a charging block that just went back onto automatically, right. or it has an adapter that we can plug it into. But um, it will work during a uh, majority of the shifts that you might need a robot to help you out on. 
that's awesome. Uh, and if you'd like to, I can try. I can turn on the robot here and see if we can turn it on. Yeah, let's see. So the first thing, first thing that we do here is that we actually go into the robot, and I right now it's charging. All I have to do is press the stop charging button. So now it's going to start to leave the charging pile over here. Let me just get the chair out of the way as well. Select corresponding table number after dishes are placed on tray. So now it is ready to uh, actually be used. So now on the top, I pressed return to a starting origin point. And now we're going to the starting origin point. For right now, this is programmed at the front of our office. And for this robot as well, it, the way that it reads and operates throughout the business is that number one, uh, there are two different types of models. You have option A, which is a full laser-guided model. Uh, the laser-guided model, we take the robot, map out your restaurant, and then it uses the memory and the laser reading technology in order to know all the different origin points in the restaurant. So for option B, we have the tag reading robot. Above me on our ceiling are actually patterns that are corresponding points that we programmed the robot to know where to go to. So with the robot, it uses an eye at the top of its head to read these corresponding patterns on the ceiling. So now if I were to get out of the way here, and I go ahead, I program this into the restaurant, whether if it's for the tag or the sticker op or the tag or the laser option, I can go ahead here and I can press table three. The mission will be completed. And now it's going to go to a corresponding place in the restaurant. Run me over, Peanut. And so... <laughs> oh, she's so now I... So now I have 120 seconds. I gotcha. So now I have 120 seconds or two minutes to take the food dishes off of this tray and me as the customer take the food uh, off of the tray and now I'm going to be prompted to send this back to the origin point. So now I'm pressing OK and it has some pre-programmed music in there too along with the message saying thank you uh, I'll now be going to my origin point and now we're right back if you imagine it at a restaurant we're back at an expediter screen here too. So we can program this a bunch of different ways to go from table one to table two to table three in one big, in one big swig. And uh, it has, once again, it has 12 hours of battery life. And if I move this chair for us too here, you'll be able to see that we have four shelves on this model. This is the T5. The T5 is the most popular model. And these shelves are adjustable. We can adjust for height. We do have some models that are also enclosed and encased if you want to protect the food quality or protect people from touching the food or anything like that. And um, it's able to carry a pretty, a pretty heavy amount of weight on there too. And um, it's, it, like I said, it uses a couple of different pieces of technology in terms of lasers and LiDAR. 
It also uses sonar in order to map out if somebody's in front of it. And it uses machine vision learning, like I said, for the eye on top in order to know where it's going. Yeah, and we have four different models for the, uh, for the restaurant robots. We did just release also one called the T8 model. And it's got more of an interactive, like cartoony, like cat face on it. It has three serving trays, but it's pretty neat. And um, we do have a hotel model as well. It's called the W3. It's fully enclosed on the inside of the W3 as well. It has the opportunity to have a UV light in it. So if you put food for food for like food service, for example, or if you have um, fresh towels, toothpaste, toothbrush, whatever crazy thing that you might need at a restaurant or a hotel, right? Uh, we can then program the robot, have it go into an elevator system, go up on the elevator and go to like floor 10 and go to floor 1013 and deliver the, uh, the room service to That's them. That's incredible. So we're actually currently in talks with a couple of different companies in order to make this happen. And uh, we're working on the API integration here in America to work with some of the larger elevator companies to have us work with that. And we also do, like I mentioned earlier, a disinfectant robot. And that disinfectant robot will be great towards um, taking a person out of a harmful situation in a hospital where there might be a patient that had COVID, meningitis, or other pathogens, and going in and completely disinfecting the entire room and then going to another room on another floor and working with the robot or working with the room there and cleaning it. So yeah, it's kind of the future of uh, automation for cleaning and hospitality too. Right. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate the uh, robot introduction. Um, if you own a restaurant, advanced hospitality systems for your robots, if it fits, but all of your other POS and even some of your marketing needs, uh, Dan and his team can definitely help you out. So thank you so much and you know, we'll be in touch. Yeah, thank you.